Welcome to The Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, September the 26th. We are coming to you, as always, from the Alamo Drafthouse here in Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network, and we've got a little shorthanded today, but we got in the room with us. Yeah, I'm the other host, David Mann <laughs> with the Alamo Drafthouse. And it is the two of us yes, today. Yes, just that's the two right. of us. Uh, did you get a chance to catch any of the new releases? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Ad Astra, and I uh, will get around to seeing Rambo Last Blood. Yep. But uh, yeah, I've been always super busy this weekend, and uh, everyone else has been. Well, gone, you're a little. So I was gonna say you're a little short-staffed slack. around here too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not picking up the slack. I mean, they're all busy. <laughs> uh, but it's been a uh, it's been hectic. So. Well, we know someone who did get to see one of the movies this weekend, and we'll get to that as we break down the top five at the box office last weekend. Debuting at the, in the top spot at number one was Downton Abbey, surprising no one, I think, earning just over $31 million. That gives Focus Features its largest opening weekend ever. The studios, This is the studio's first film to earn more than $30 million in a weekend in the studio's nearly 20-year history, which you're thinking, wow, 20 years, they haven't had a film to open more than th- but it's focus features. They yeah, don't, it's, it's they don't specialize studio. in blockbusters. They, they make smaller films. So. I'm, I'm always surprised when a TV or like HBO show, or in this case PBS, uh, makes a film and releases it in theaters, and it makes a bunch of money. Because I feel like you limit your audience right. uh, whenever you release a movie that's tied to something that had season after season after season. So that's impressive that Downton Abbey had that kind of reach. The, there are a ton of Downton Abbey fads. I think, to your point, it helps that it was on PBS as yes. opposed to a Very accessible. Cable. Yeah. Although Sex and the City did really well. And that's, that's true. I'm always, it just catches me off guard because I feel like you know, not everyone who watched the show is probably going to get to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, yeah, like how much a ticket costs, you only need like three million people to show up. Yeah, uh, so to make your budget back, yeah. Exactly, so. that's so good for them. That's really awesome. And We had so many people dress up, so many people enthusiastic about this film. <laughs> so many sold-out screenings. Yes. I was looking through as, you know, just uh, as part of this show, watching things and online. It's from like, wow. early premieres to afternoon teas, uh yeah, it, it it filled up, and even it's aside like an, from our fancy dresses, people have come up dressed up. Dress. Yeah, it's it's an event. This it's was a an formal event movie. affair. Yeah, it's an event movie. <laughs> In second place, Disney's release of Fox's Ad Astra, and we say that only because this was already. In the can, ready to be released when the purchase went through is the only reason we prefaced it like that. Uh, which debuted with $19 million, which I think the studio was underwhelmed by, but It'll again, happen. it's... I think, like, globally, right. it'll at least hit $100 million. Like, Yeah. Uh, and as far as Fox properties, <laughs> you know, you, you <laughs> take been, your wins. Yeah. I, I can't imagine this one cost a ton. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at the total budget. I'd imagine if I were going to guess off the top of my head, I'd say $55 million. That's just a I random was, guess. I was thinking I had seen something that was around the $50 million range. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's like some of, some of the space movies, they're really innovative with how they capture that, so it brings the cost down a little <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah. And the director, what did he make before this? Because he's one of those fancy pants, Yeah, one of those auteurs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, an up-and-comer. Yeah. So... I'm sure, you know, with Disney's everything we release turns into platinum. Yeah. Uh, it's disappointing, but I mean, you bought Fox. I was going to say they knew what they were buying. Yeah, they got they, the great money, properties. The money they, on this was already spent, so it was just yeah. wrapped into the whole purchase. Reviews so, yeah. have been great, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's Brad Pitt. He's always good. Yeah. yeah, I saw someone messing around with people on social media because that's what social media is for. But somebody was saying it's an anagram. Ad Astra is for Star Dad. Star Dad. And, and half the people were like, ooh, that's awesome. You're right. And the other half were like, you're missing a yeah, D. Missing- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was just screwing around. It's but- <laughs> almost an anagram. It's yeah. close enough. Star Da, I, I guess. I saw they were like uh, translating it in mm-hmm. some places just to sort of be like, this is what that means. Is, right. Is to the stars? Is that what it is? Something like that? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Latin titles. They're just difficult for people to understand. Auteur directors pick Latin titles, apparently. Space Brad Pitt, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. And at number three, debuting at number three, all three movies that were in wide release took the one, two, three spots. At number three was Rambo, Last Blood, earning just under $19 So two and three were neck and neck all weekend. 
that was slightly more than the franchise's last outing, which was simply titled Rambo, which opened at $18.2 million back in 2008. It's been 11 years since that movie opened. That's yeah, crazy. I thought he was old in the last one. <laughs> exactly. I, like, yeah, I can't believe he's able to do this. It's impressive. Uh, Kenny went and saw uh, Rambo Last Blood. He's not with us today, but he did send me his thoughts. And here is, and I'll kind of read through it and paraphrasing because he sent me some other stuff as well. But uh, he says, it was like... HBO had done an old man Rambo series. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the first 75% of the movie feels like a recap of the season. And then the last 25% is your series finale, where they're just blowing stuff okay. up. Okay. Uh, he said it was darker than I expected. It was creatively violent, not in a bloodbath in, like, in a Tarantino sense. But Rambo shows you new ways to kill and overkill a person. Yes. All in all, he enjoyed it. It's a nice way to wrap up the franchise. But it does sound like the film itself had some issues with structure yeah i i've heard reviews uh well i've read reviews and i found a couple that were hilarious uh because they practically said the same thing yeah but one was positive one was negative it was like depending uh, on your mood when you walked out like one called it a blood orgy and they're like that's horrible it's nothing but people getting killed and then the the other other one was like it's a blood orgy orgy. exactly this is great it's exactly what you want (laughs) in a rambo movie yeah Yeah. oh who would have thought there'd be bloodshed in this film Uh, creatively violent ways to overkill people yeah i'm sure it's bombastic enough and ridiculous enough uh if you're a Rambo fan, you'll love it. That's that's. I'm sure that's the case. Uh, you're not going in for this brilliant, well-told story. You're going in to see Rambo take some people down and save the day. Yeah. And uh, I hope he does that. I haven't seen it yet, so apparently I he does. Go check yeah, it out. Folks have seen it and say that yeah, that's what he does. It Chapter 2 slid to the number 4 spot, earning another $17 million. This one doesn't seem to have the legs that the first one did. I think it kind of was all first weekend or first two weekends, and then it's just kind of fizzling out. First half of that book's the best part. Yeah. And Hustlers dropped to number 5, earning just under $17 million. That one's my biggest surprise. Hustlers is doing really well. Hustlers is a movie made by women for women with a strong message of female empowerment and women are predominantly the audience that's turning out to see it and they're showing up in droves and they're coming back and bringing their friends when they see it the second time and yeah which is funny that at you know at the surface and the marketing team I'm sure had a hard time figuring out how to market that so they went with the whole sex sexy ladies check it out but that apparently is not the movie yeah what I mean it's it's I was talking it's to someone about than the, that, yeah. uh, the moral statement of the film. And, Which uh, really there is no one. Gray, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little gray at times. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, it seems like it's a lot. Of, it got good reviews, yeah. which I was not anticipating, honestly. I figured this is kind of a schlocky type thing. Similar to when Magic Mike came out. Right. You see the trailers and you're like, oh, okay. this type yeah. of film. Uh, and it always catches you off guard when it's like, it has a story. It has a. It's a solid story. Yeah, it's got all that stuff it showed you in the trailers. The smut, right? Uh, but Which is what gets your butt in the yeah, seat, and then they what, tell you a story when you're there. That's what buys the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a look at a few of the headlines from the week that was. Actor Sid Haig passed away on Saturday at the age of eighty. He'd been hospital hospitalized. After a fall earlier in the month, the actor has not been in great health in recent years. He was actually replaced in the upcoming Three from Hell. I guess they were able to bring him in for a day or two of shooting, but the Three from Hell originally was supposed to be Bill Mosley's character and Sherry Moon's on me and Sid Haig, but he was unwell and to the point where he could not participate at a high, you know, throughout the entire movie. So they did get a few shots with him, and like I said, they brought him in for a day or two. Um, but yeah, the guy has not been in the best health. And then if, yeah. you know, if you're not in good health already, then you take a tumble. It can it's hard exasperate. To do that type yeah. of work. Yeah. And you know, you'd need every ounce of energy to fight illness. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, he's, Everyone who has met him and interacted with him has said he is the complete opposite of everything he's ever played on film and television. He's just, just a giant a s- teddy bear. Sweet yeah. dude. No one has a bad word to say about the guy. There's this movie we showed at Dismember last year. Uh-huh. It was called Spider Baby. Oh, my God. It's been... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah like, he, he, he was in the 50s in, or the 60s, yeah, he and in he Spider plays Baby. like a little... Like, not a child, but... Like a slower, right, uh, younger man, 
and I'm like watching, and it's just the structure of his face. Is his face is very iconic, very yeah. recognizable. Yeah, and I'm like, is that, you're not supposed to talk in movies, right? Like, is that Sid Egg? Yes. It's like what? He's been around a while. Yeah. He so is. he very talented. He he chewed the scenes in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Like my favorite part of that movie is anything that involves him. Uh, when he's interacting with uh, like Rain Wilson at the, at the very beginning of the film, he's, he's like, he seems nice and menacing. Yeah. It's this weird combo with the aggressive language that he uses. It's, it's sorely missed. Yeah. Very talented man, and it seems like he had a great effect on a lot of people. He will be in 2020's Three from Hell uh, in a some small part. Not the part they would hope for, but he will be there in some small part. Some Batman and Batman-adjacent news. Let's jump to the Batman, straight-up Batman news first. Word is that Jeffrey Wright will be joining Robert Pattinson as the in the Batman as Commissioner Gordon. Also, Jonah Hill has been offered a role <gasps> as an undisclosed villain oh my in the film, which, you know, a few years ago, people would have been saying the Penguin, and now they're saying maybe the Riddler. <laughs> but... If Jonah Hill ends up in the newest Batman, it's officially that's the moment when I totally jump on board the hype train because I love him and everything he does. He's so funny. He's talented. He's become such a great actor. Right. Uh, oh, if I were going to pick a villain that <laughs> Jonah Hill would play, you know, you want a little bit of humor, but right. I'd also kind of like to see some menace Some from dark, him. yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, he, like, uh, he pl- Donnie Azoff in Wolf of Wall Street is uh-huh. sort of a, he's an evil character. Right, yeah. But also uh, oddly charming, charming to the yeah. audience, yeah. at least. Not to the people he's around. No. <laughs> but, uh, or the people he's bilked out of. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I cannot... I hope he accepts, and I hope he gets cast, and I hope it's good, because that would be a really unique interpretation of a Batman film. I think with Robert Pattinson, uh, Jeffrey right now, and possibly Jonah Hill, that sounds weird enough to maybe work really well. Yeah, the word is they're going lower budget. The word is they're going more of a detective story. Word is that this will be in some way loosely or perhaps tightly based on the long Halloween, which is the classic Batman story where it, it, if that is the route they're going, there are opportunities for multiple villains to be a part of this, which is why they haven't nailed down like, Oh, it's Batman versus the Joker. It's Batman versus Bane. It's Batman versus. Yeah. It's now it's like, well, now there are opportunities for cameos of villains, which they can use to set up the foundation for potential sequels. It'd be a great calendar man. That's that'd be a That's, solid villain. That could be where they're headed. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> or Condiment King yeah, or Clock get weird Man. with <laughs> yeah. it. Clayface. Yeah. There you go. You know, he could do Clayface. He, yeah, you know, there's a lot of room to work with that character. You can do many things. In Batman adjacent news, and we'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, the Joker movie, which comes out that's next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. It will not be screening at the Aurora, Colorado movie theater where a 2012 shooting occurred during a screening of The Dark Knight Rises. The decision is part of a larger discussion between families of the victims and theater owners. A letter from the families to Warner Brothers CEO Ann Sarnoff reads in part, uh, and I'm paraphrasing and quoting here because we don't have the entire letter to read to you, but the Aurora shooting was perpetrated by a socially isolated individual who felt wronged by society and acted. The letter reads, again in part, As a result, we have committed ourselves to ensuring that no other family has to go through the absolute hell that we have experienced and the pain we continue to live with. Trust us, it does not go away. The letter does not call for a boycott of the film or its release, but it asks Warner Brothers to use its clout, its power, and funds to help prevent further tragedies from happening. Uh, Again, quoting from the letter, End political contributions to candidates who take money from the NRA and vote against gun reform, the letter reads, and use your political clout and leverage in Congress to actively lobby for gun reform. Keeping everyone safe should be a top corporate priority for Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has responded to the letter, and their statement is this, quote, Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies 
Uh, our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including in Aurora. And in recent weeks, our parent company joined other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Brothers believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the financial intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio holds, I'm sorry, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. Yeah. So this is a situation where it calls into question, and nobody's questioning at this point the rights of the studio to make this film. Nobody's questioning the rights of theaters to choose to screen or not to screen this. Um, This is a theater where something terrible happened so this is an exception not the rule yes um again the families are saying use your pull to influence legislation so this doesn't happen again the studio says we have been doing that yes and further this is art (laughs) so it call it's that old question of should art be socially conscious because art is not made in a vacuum. It is made in a day and time. This film, from what I understand, I've not seen it. I don't, you haven't seen it either. Not yet. Um, from what I understand, it is timely in that it is addressing things that is happening currently, but it's not stuck in a time. This could take place at just about any time. It just so happens that a lot of these themes is something that we're dealing with as a society. With yeah. Currently. So, but at the same time, does you know does art because we always want when we're defending things like this, we say art, art is art, and the conversations that happen are the conversations that happen, and sometimes those disturbing pieces of art lead to conversations that have positive outcomes. Others say because art is part of the social conversation, then it needs to be socially aware of where you know, it's. There's not a right or wrong answer. I can see both sides of the conversation, but yeah. at the end of the day, this movie's getting released in you know a week and a half. I. Uh, it is a difficult thing to talk about mm-hmm. uh, because it is a sensitive subject. People are really on one side or the other of this discussion with gun violence and what to do about uh, trends with gun violence and with what happened in Aurora and how connected it is to specifically the Joker and the Batman franchise. Right. uh, I tend to lean on art is art mm-hmm. and when there are other entities that are trying to affect it or change it it bastardizes it whether that's a marketing team or a yes. studio giving notes Absolutely. to a director whether it's or an outside like, organization trying to yeah exactly. whether it's david lynch's dune or, <laughs> right uh just the censorship of that film the hunt right uh which i personally uh, and I speak only for myself, right. disagree with. Right. I think that there is... I think it's underestimating the audience, mm-hmm. and it's also allowing uh, the worst of us to control the, the rest of us. Right. And I think that's a dangerous precedence, because the end of the day, most every movie that comes out offends somebody. And right. it's surprising the type of things that offend people, the complaints <laughs> right. that you get where it's like, I can't believe you're showing this, we'll never come back. And it's a wide-release film. Right. And the big difference on this one is there was an actual attack, and there were, there were lives that were lost, and it does create that nervousness and that sensitivity where... When the next movie comes out, everyone's on edge. Uh, but I feel like you can't let them win right. type situation. It's similar to uh, any other sort of attack that's happened to us. You can't completely cave. You can do work to make it safer. Mm-hmm. Uh But when you change what you're doing to appease the worst of us... Uh, I I don't think that's a solid precedent to set. Uh, I am very excited for this Joker movie. 
Uh, I was taught very early on by my parents that movies are fiction. Right. uh, And that while there's an entertainment value in some of those prestige films, they do have something to say. They're trying to create some sort of social commentary uh, that's relevant to the people of the time. And there are a lot of movies that you can go back and look at, uh, like Dog Day Afternoon, right. where it's there's a discussion that's being had with this movie. Right. And they're trying to get a point across, and it's timely. Uh, and you can look back at these movies like, and see where our minds were at the time. And that's there's v- plenty of value in that, because yep. it's entertainment while also uh, a slice of the time. Uh, this is... I totally understand where the families are coming from. Like, I'm empathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Warner Brothers' responsibility, uh, which I, I do like that they are making those statements, mm-hmm. uh, it is primarily to entertain, and that this sort of thing eked into their business, uh, this horrible, violent incident that changed their li- those people's lives forever, uh, eked into something that is popcorn and soda and yeah. two hours of fun. Uh, it's disappointing that that can continue to sort of reverberate. Uh, yeah, it's this is it's 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 overwhelming the uh, that feeling I'm sure for them, and they're doing exactly what I would imagine I'd do if something like that happened to me and my family. Yeah, uh, but at the same time. It is, it's art, it's a creation, you're making something to entertain, and uh, the value of art does diminish, even with these popcorn movies, the value of art diminishes when you're allowing it to be affected by outside influences. It is a concern, and even the United States military is taking this seriously. According to online reports, service members have been warned about the potential for a mass shooter at screenings of The Joker, which is oddly specific in that they, somebody, they, somebody in a room somewhere is taking this seriously. According to the report, the U.S. Army has widely distributed the warning following posts, and here's why it's oddly specific, following posts to social media from extremists Within the incel subculture, which, again, the chatter has picked up, apparently, and the yeah. FBI has keyed off on it. Oh, for, for those of you who don't know what incels are. We'll get are. there. <laughs> <laughs> the warning, which was sent out in an email on September 18th, instructs service members to be aware of surroundings and to take some very specific steps, such as identifying two escape routes when going into theaters. If a shooting takes place, they're instructed to run, height, or fight. Fight. Run, hide, or fight. Let's say that again. Uh, Run if you can, the email says. If you're stuck, hide, also known as sheltering in place, and stay quiet. If a shooter finds you, fight with whatever you can. So, again, this that's pretty standard, the run, hide, fight. That's, I think that they even teach that to the kids now in schools, which yeah. is, again, a sad commentary. But oh it gosh. is that is kind of the standard, you know, run if you can. If you can't, hide. If you get found, fight. Um, but, again, the incels... Uh, for those who don't know, uh, this is and what they it's it's a contraction of the two words involuntary celibate. Yeah. These are folks who define themselves as being unable to have romantic or sexual partners despite their desire for them. So people yeah. who feel they are entitled to sex because they exist when um, they don't realize the entitlement is probably why, why they're it's not, not getting it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, the, their forums are often characterized by content that is misogynistic, racist, and has a sense of entitlement to sex as well. Though some incels endorse violence, particularly against people in relationships or who are sexually active, uh, the service member alert also uh, asserts that incels quote idolize the Joker character, admiring his deception as a man who must pretend to be happy, but eventually fights back against perceived bullies. So again, it's not, uh, this movie is not receiving all this attention because it's a Batman movie. We've had a couple of those since, um, whether we want to remember them fondly or not, we've had Ben Affleck was Batman since the shooting in Aurora. Uh, it is because this character and, and Warner Brothers has in their statement said, we're not holding this character up as a hero. This is not someone to emulate, but there is a group of 
radicalized segment of the population to your word use your words the worst among us yeah. have are holding this character up as a, something to uh, aspire to and so that is where the concern I think from what I have read and everything I've read and seen uh, the concern is that someone who is already um Unhinged, for yeah. lack of a better word, so who's not palatable may, enough to attract a mate, may see this character and try to emulate some of what this character does. Yeah, um, and so, that is the and that's and that's been the concern with this all along with this film is that it is so well acted and it is so well shot and it's so well done that those of us who are already susceptible to receiving the wrong sort of message may receive the wrong sort of message and see this and not be able to make that distinction between reality and fantasy, to your point. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Excuse me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all just because uh, the Joker is a very evil character. Yeah. That's number one. And this, the origin story that they're, they're creating... I imagine, just based off of the trailers, there is an air of... He's sympathetic. He is sympathetic yeah. in this film. And he this is, is an interpretation. He is, he is the kicked dog. In yes. a, you know, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and it really does also model after the King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for any of Taxi the driver, out there who haven't seen yeah. King of Comedy, check it out. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Taxi Driver, another incel <laughs> yes, classic. Exactly. Yes. They're wonderful. I'm sure you've seen them. Uh, they're... It, Rupert Pupkin is not a good guy. Yeah. Uh, he's crazy. Yes. The, the Joker is also crazy. Yes. So not only is he kicked and beaten down, he's he already lunatic. on the edge. Yeah. Yes. So I hope that they're not relating to that element, mm-hmm. but the idea of being someone who is marginalized by society and not liking that, that's not crazy. Right. If you feel like you're... But there are other ways of dealing with that type of feeling, rather than blaming other people, right. which seems to be a hallmark uh, when it's a matter of, oh, this person I like doesn't like me back. It's her or his fault. Uh, I hate him, that piece of S. I didn't say the S word. Uh, <laughs> for, for the sensitive listening. Yeah, for the, the sensitive people out there. I don't want to curse. Uh, but uh, it just, it's... It's a blame game. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a blame game because, you know, in the walk of life, it, there are all sorts of different people out there. And I've met some people that I would call weirdos. <laughs> and they have paired up with somebody else. <laughs> who is just as weird. Who's just Compliments as weird. their weirdness. You yes. just kind of got to look around for someone who's similar. Like right. you, I, I feel there might be this idea that there's a perfect person out right. there uh, looks 10 personality 10 i'm going to nail them down there is a social element that really does play into meeting and falling in love with somebody <laughs> yeah uh, and if you struggle with that social element yes, yeah. then you need to just you need to work on yourself first it's cuz i guarantee you there are not a lot of people clamoring to be with people who are, who are cynical, terrible people, yeah. selfish uh, people who try to force themselves on others. Uh, yeah, a relationship should be organic, guys. You need to chill out. <laughs> and that's part of the discussion, too, with yeah. this, is that there have been other films about people who are on society's margins Yes, who have, and these films have not received this sort of attention because of where we're at right now where this particular sub sub genre of the subculture the darkest corners of the dark web it doesn't help the internet <laughs> yeah. exists simultaneously as we do nothing yeah. for mental illness exactly it's like oh we don't put people anywhere for with to get help with their mental illness so let's allow them to communicate <laughs> with each other online in these little echo chambers yeah. where it's just everyone's patting each other's crazy on the back that's not healthy <laughs> which can be something that a movie like this could speak to if it was wanting to make that statement yeah but I, it's not the responsibility of a movie that's true to make that statement it isn't it's, because it's a tough it, we're gonna have this discussion all throughout the month of October of the yeah. audience knows yeah. that this is fiction under 99.9%. The concern is that a radicalized element yeah. might 
hold this up as something to strive for, to emulate or whatever. And it's to the point where even the military has said, yes, the chatter is increasing. The chatter increased before terror attacks. So I know that we are we watching. Are so we are watching the I mean, chatter. Yeah. I th- every theater that I've heard from uh, or talked is taking to is taking steps. measures, uh, and we are no different. Yeah. We are taking measures uh, to make sure that this stays an entertaining piece of pop culture. Yes. Yeah. That's what movies are. It's, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's exhausting that this is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it gets better. Let's leave it with that. New in theaters this week, a couple of films in wide release. Abominable, which, who, what is this? Is this a DreamWorks film? I forget I the so, studio. Yes. Uh, it has a little, I mean, I know it's not shot this way, but it, it from the marketing material, almost feels like a Leica film, just in the way that they're it's, uh, it's handling the marketing. Colored, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, which is not to say anything about the film. I don't, I haven't seen the film. No, no, uh, but. Yeah, I'm actually. I saw the trailer during one of our family parties because mm-hmm. uh, we've trailered this one quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and it looks entertaining. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing Smallfoot, and I thought it was all right. It was kind of a it's kind of a musical. I don't think this is going that same direction. No, this looks like a higher pedigree to Smallfoot, and that was pretty successful. Yeah, I always love when similar. But movies. that doesn't always mean anything because we've seen films that are better films that are kind of playing in the same realm. Yeah, and kind of get overlooked because the whole thing is what. Yeah. You got to look at the piece as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that quality wise, this one does look like a notch above Smallfoot. Yeah. It looks like the writing's there. We haven't had many kids' movies. Yeah. Uh, or at least high quality kids' movies over the last. Just remakes of, of Disney films. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I think this could be, although there's been two different. Like, <laughs> how, Yeti many, slash yeah, how many Yeti movies do we need? Yeah, yeah. it's becoming a trend, guys. <laughs> Still haven't seen the Yeti movie I want to see yet, though, but that's all right. The Man Who Killed Bigfoot and then Sasquatch? <laughs> no, not that at all. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bigfoot and Hitler and then Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, also in release, wide release, but when we say wide, it's not huge. It's not everywhere. Uh, but Judy, this is the Renee Zellweger, Judy Garland yeah. film. It's Oscar bait. We've been asked is. about this, like, uh, if we're going to show it, and I, we didn't get it this weekend. Right, but that but doesn't mean... I'm, it's yeah. As it expands, because... Yeah. yeah. It's wide release, but I think it's all, it's in less than 2,000 theaters. So, yeah, yeah it's it'll... I love Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool to see that she's in a... Oscar like, pedigree film. Yeah. So, uh, she's very talented. Haven't seen her as much since, what, Case 39? That's not as... Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, was with, that the last Bradley time? Cooper? Was no, the, she's definitely been in other stuff. I was going to say, I, I think we've seen her since then. But Bridget yeah. Jones after that. Oh, well. baby. There's a reason um, I've forgotten that one. All right. Uh, coming up this week at the Alamo Draft House, Steel Magnolias, the Champagne Cinema movie party tonight, is sold out. I hope you got your tickets. The Mid-America Emmys, uh, their foundation is hosting a screening of Network at 740. All donations benefit the chapter's nonprofit foundation, which awards college scholarships to future broadcast journalists and television professionals. I want to say I heard this even being promoted on KSMU the other day, which would make total sense. I believe you because did. Because <laughs> that's where you would promote such a thing. Uh, Friday night, the death of Dick Long at 7 p.m. Tell us a little bit about this. This is a smaller one of the. You guys do this on occasion where it's a smaller. Yeah, film that gets just a limited weekend. We're doing or one, one screening, yeah. one screening of this film. Uh, I believe it's from A two four. I think correct? so. Yeah, one of my favorite studios. Uh, yeah, they put out these. Role. Yeah, they are. It's hey, almost, lately. If you look at their filmography, especially uh, the last like three years. Yeah, I think they started with Inside the Mo- Mind of Charles Swan the uh, <laughs> Third. Like right after Ch- uh, Charlie Sheen went crazy, yeah. he made that movie with Jason uh, Schwartzman. Uh, but since then, <laughs> they've really been on a roll. It's like all their movies, some of my favorite movies each year that come from them, like First Reformed and Midsummer and Hereditary, they're, they really work with creative, innovative storytelling, and they allow directors a little room to do something different. And uh, Jennifer actually got to see this one. Uh, she's at Fantastic Fest right now, right. probably having a wonderful time. Uh, oh. See, oh, I missed it. Yeah. Uh, 
But this this movie, she said, so far it's her favorite movie she's seen down there. Wow, so that's good. I'm ex- I'm excited to check this one out. I might actually end up at this. This is about screening. was this is the one about the band where a band member dies, dies and, and then, then the band kind of yeah yeah okay <laughs> we won't spoil anything Ooh, all right watch the trailer yep saturday the abominable family party is at 11 a.m and again i know we do this all the time but if somebody's just tuning into the podcast or they don't know what a family party is explain a little bit about how the family parties work here yeah absolutely uh so anytime we have like a kid-friendly film uh we like to offer the opportunity on the weekend to Two shows, typically Saturday and Sunday. Which where, is the case this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where families can come out a little earlier. So we open the doors 45 minutes before showtime, and uh, we will have fun activities and crafts for the kids to do with, with their parents uh, before the movie starts that relate to the film. Like, uh, I think for this one we have like a little puffball Yeti that they get to make. And like out of cotton balls or something? Yeah. yeah. And so... It's it's a lot of fun. It's really engaging. And, you know, my parents used to take me to movies all the time. Every once in a while, they still do. Uh, but that was a bonding moment, and we would show up early. And i got to admit, it, we used to talk during the movies. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I grew up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is an opportunity to take that moment where you're sharing uh, sharing your time with your family and add a little more family time where you're actually getting to engage with each other. And uh, I know the parents love it. We have so many people who come out every time we do I was going to say, there's a party. big repeat. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's different. You know, sometimes having that craft, it's, it, what is it, a mental plasticity yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, it just engages the brain of the child beforehand and it relates things together. And a lot of times, not particularly this one, uh, but we are able to pair up with the community relating to the film and we'll have community no. partners like... <laughs> the Bigfoot Search of the Ozarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a giant Yeti there. Yeah. Uh, but we've paired up with like the Discovery Center, Dickerson Park Zoo, uh, Wild Animal Safari to engage the children a little bit more. and <laughs> You couldn't of... find anybody that had a Bigfoot on hand. <laughs> uh, so we talked to a crypto... Uh, crypto what is it? Cryptology? Crypt- cryptozoologist? Yeah, cryptozoologist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were way too busy hunting the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> so yeah. They were still busy trying to find one. If we find one between now and this weekend, by yeah, golly, we'll bring it out to sure the theater. We're pretty sure we captured a Chupacabra. So yeah. we're indisposed. Uh, but that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you've got that on Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 1 p.m. Again, doors open 45 minutes early for those. On Saturday, the ultimate Willy Wonka party a couple of times at 2 and at 2.30. Just to clarify, because there is somebody that tends to always ask this question. Those are two different screenings. Yes. One is at 2 and one is at 2.30. It's, it's a super <laughs> cut of Willy Wonka. We, we, uh, 15 we, minutes. We watch it in a super fast forward. Yeah. Uh, this, this is, is something we've done the last yeah. two years, and we're fortunate enough to get to do it again. Uh, it's a little more engaging because we do like a movie party. Right. So if you haven't been to a movie party, we try to have engaging props and stuff throughout the film that you can participate and kind of... It makes it a little more special, but what makes us even more yeah, special... chocolate river flowing through the theater on this one? Yeah. yeah. We had to cancel that last year. Yeah. Someone almost drowned. It's too viscous. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> we have... Uh, a couple of the cast members, uh, uh, Mike TV and Veruca Salt, mm-hmm. uh, they will be on hand to answer your questions and take photos, and you get a little uh, special edition poster mm-hmm. uh, with your screening. And they are so wonderful about like uh, we see so many people who have had like movies have an effect on them, and right. that's one of those ones where you see it when you're young and it means a lot, and you watch it a hundred times. And just getting to see people interact with them and tell them, and that's just that moment of getting to say, thank you for what you did, because it means a lot to me, even if it was just 
a little moment of your life. And that's one of those things where, you know, yes, they hear that all the time. But yeah. if you meet somebody that's ever created something that's ever been, meant anything to you, yeah. take the time to say thank you. Take the time to come out and see them. And honestly, I mean, this gang, it's been nice. You've been able to have them the last few years. But we just lost one of the actors earlier this year, not a couple months ago, uh, that played Violet Beauregard. So, yeah. I mean nobody's getting younger we all yeah. age we all you know so um there are limited opportunities to participate in something like this so make sure you guys get out here this saturday for that on sunday the downton abbey afternoon tea at 1 p.m is sold out sorry hope you, you got your tickets, tickets. <laughs> school of rock at 4 p.m that'll be a lot of fun yeah we got the springfield school of rock coming out yep. they're gonna rock out for our pre-show so that's awesome i love it when you guys layer. get to do that that's fun yeah this month's an amazing screening is Millennium Actress. This is subtitled, and that is at 5 p.m. We definitely have it through our heads now that subtitled is the way to go. <laughs> Folks enjoy coming out when they understand what's going on. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, we've done the dubbed a few times, and it's they see, the don't, yeah. diehards don't like it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not 100% on anime. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, it's still foreign to me. Yeah, it is. Uh, no pun intended. I just don't have the time. Yeah. Uh, but understand, like, being able to talk to the big fans, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I, th- I think we've kind of gotten the through our heads, yeah, yeah. subtitled, so that's, that's how it'll be from now on. That's at 5 p.m., and wrapping up, back to school month, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, parts one and two on Sunday, part one is at noon, part two is at 3.40, your last chance this month to catch the Harry Potter series on the big screen. Monday night, the Lost Boys movie party at 6.40 is sold out. Boom. Hope you get your tickets. Moonstruck at 7 o'clock, which is funny because that ties into the poll question that we're going to save for next week. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, we got to save for next week when we have more folks here to participate. (laughs) Gang, come back next week because we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, On Tuesday, Soylent Green (laughs) on World Vegetarian Day at 6.40 p.m. Can't imagine why you would screen... Soylent Green on World Vegetarian Day. That's hilarious. <laughs> I came up with that. I was Did like, you? oh, we should show Soylent Green because it's the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we will, you know, our vegetarian menu will be open. And it's one of those little kind of winky, funny things. Yeah, wink, like, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be plant-based, right? Yeah, probably, right? Uh, Tuesday's also the 1st of October. I don't know that we've talked that up enough. You guys have a huge October. Oh, October my gosh. between I can't I always struggle with this. Between October and December, which is my favorite month at the Alamo Draft House because you guys the the themed, I mean obviously October it's horror and yeah. then in December it's holiday but, holidays, yeah. But it opens you guys up to so much that you can show that people don't get a chance to see all the time on the big screen and Yeah, I it's it's those are a couple of months that are like made for movies. Yeah, where there's it's almost just, like I wish there were more days in the month so we could I show know. more stuff. Yeah, thankfully those are thirty one days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get a little extra there. Uh, but you guys on Tuesday kicking it off with The Conjuring at seven o'clock. This is the film that launched its own little yeah connected universe. This is how I think most universes should launch. Yes, uh, where the movie's very good. And you build off of that. Yeah, uh, you want more of what you got from the good movie. Yeah, not... I don't re- didn't remember there being too much of. It seemed like they're planning to do more, right? Uh, but there's little mentions of other things throughout, which plays into the possibility of a universe. And I think they executed, aside from the first Annabelle right. and La Lorena, very well. Yeah. Uh, I even like The Nun. It's not the best, but right. it's pretty... It has its place. Yeah. yeah. And, man, The Conjuring is... Both The Conjurings. Conjuring yeah. 1 and 2, I think, are great. Yeah. 2 starts out a little slower. It, it picks up. It's sad to me. seeing not This is not the sad part. Seeing the success that The Conjuring has had in establishing that kind of connected, shared story universe, yeah. that story space, it's sad to me that we could not get the same from Cabin in the Woods. Because yeah. that is another one that is ripe for, look at all of the, the toys. Look at the toy box you've, you're standing in the middle of that you could play with. I mean, it... <laughs> I mean, uh, yes. The big it, problem is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> yes, it told a very definitive, this is the movie, but... Drew Goddard uh, might be one of my 
like up and coming yeah. favorite directors. Uh, but both of his movies, they're great. They're, yeah. Like Bad Times at the El Royale was probably one of my favorite movies I saw last year. Uh, it's just so intricate and coolly told. There's mm-hmm. a style to it that's unique. Cabin in the Woods is so campy mm-hmm. and subversive. Yeah. Uh, and so it's very funny. And I know the marketing behind it was, was terrible. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. They I get what they were doing. Yeah. But it wasn't enough to bring enough people out and surprise them because I don't know how many people I talked to who were just and I'm gonna say it, stupid and didn't figure it out ten minutes in. Yeah. Which is Oh, and I, after the first scene, you yeah. should have been kind of get tipped There's you off. Nice, yeah. Oh, I'm in for something unique and different, not just a schlocky horror fest, which is what I guess I showed up for. Right. Is well, this, that maybe but, part of the disconnect. Was, and you totally get yeah. the violence. It's there. Yeah. Don't worry. A lot of people get ripped apart, but it's not that mindless. Yeah. It's not formulaic, which is the point. It's, Apologize it was smarter than you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. That's a problem. I had this. to think at the movies. Yeah. Yeah. One star. That yeah. wasn't scary. Yeah, unfortunately. Wednesday night, the Lost Boys movie party at 7 at this time is not completely sold out. There may mm-hmm. be a Ticket or two here or there, I think. It's 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 getting close. Yeah, so it, better. And now again, by now, if I looked at it now, it may be different. Um, and then also sold out on Wednesday night is the Monty Python and the Holy Grail movie party. Oh yeah, uh, that's an always sold out and a situation. Special <laughs> thing that we're doing with that is thirty-five millimeter print. Nice. We got a special print for this film, and we're so excited. We've had it on ice for like the last month. We've tech checked it a couple times. You know, it's sitting yeah. there. Might as well. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a blast. I mean, it's stupid funny. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you get a chance to see that on the big screen, come out. Yeah, but you don't get a chance unless you got your tickets already because yeah. they sold out. There's a lot of energy in the audience with this one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All that plus tonight's Tailgate Thursday at the back lot starting at 6 o'clock. Colored Tins, Dan, Lucy, and Tom Turton are hosting... Bogo Burgers, which is not like something special. It just means buy one, get one. Yeah, it's not a normal thing. It's not like a veggie burger trying to pretend to be a burger. (laughs) A Bogo Burger. Oh, Bogo. It's made completely out of insects. (laughs) Soylent Green. No. Uh, Happy hour pricing all night long. Giveaways, including 40-inch TVs, signed authentic NFL helmets, and more. You got to be here by the end of the first quarter, so show up for this one, guys. One of the many things you guys, you have the space, you have you have the setup. It's fun when you guys can do things besides just come to the Alamo and see a movie. These types of events are a blast. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be packed. It's nice to involve the community. Absolutely. And then Trivia Dome on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock in the back lot. Make sure to show up for that next Tuesday. Get your tickets early to these things, guys, because these special screenings often sell out, as you've been listening. Some already have. You can get them in the Alamo Drafthouse app on your mobile device. You can buy them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield or get them in person. Just don't show up the day of the screening hoping to get two tickets together in the middle theater. Um, Not going to happen. Get them early. You can find all of these events and more all of October on Facebook. Just search for at Alamo Spring Mo. And go to the events page last week was a lot of fun. We asked, well, first, we drafted, the four of us sitting here, drafted five movies adapted from other media, whether it's books, comic books, video games, stage plays, whatever. And then we asked you to vote on who had the best draft lineup. This is the second draft we did, second week in a row. These are a lot of fun. Here are your results. At number four, with 14% of the vote, which is increasing the last time uh the bottom only had 11 uh-huh. percent, so we're getting a little closer together i won't mention names david uh, <laughs> with 14 percent of the vote was the lineup of logan the best little whorehouse in texas the rocky horror picture show the shawshank redemption and the never-ending story which was selected by kenny number two and three were close all week long yeah at number Tight. three with 20 percent of the vote was the lineup of The Godfather, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, No Country for Old Men, Goodfellas, and Gone Girl, selected by David. I demand a recount. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's still the same. (laughs) At number two, with 
21% of the vote, literally one vote separated these two, uh, is the lineup of The Wizard of Oz, Stand By Me, The Princess Bride, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and The Birdcage that I selected, which means at number one, she's won two of these in a row. <laughs> uh, we may have to call shenanigans. Maybe she's voting we five and her? six and seven and <laughs> 20 times in a row. Uh, at number one, with 45% of the vote, nearly half of you voted for the lineup of Fight Club, The Green Mile, In Cold Blood, Practical Magic, and Girl Interrupted, as selected by Jen, who is not here this week. So maybe this is the time to do another poll. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we're going to hold off on a poll for this week because we don't have half of the team here. You come up with a micro poll. It's just <laughs> yeah. like a dumb question. Do you prefer like hot outside or cold outside? <laughs> I think cold. Today, cold. <laughs> uh, listener comments, though. Uh, we did have some folks comment. Angel Toll on Facebook said, quote, okay, all of you picked awesome adaptations. She would have picked Willy Wonka, Wizard of Oz, Never Ending Story, Practical Magic, and Goodfellas. But all of these on the list made great adaptations. Now, because two of mine were on her list of five and only one from the other three of y'all. I really hope she voted for mine. <laughs> Maybe she's the one vote that she's separated like, you and I from... But, <laughs> but I really love Practical Magic. Yeah, so I'm voting for Jen. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody, like 45% of there. the others, yeah. She has great taste. She picked from everybody's. I just happen to have two. So I'm just going to say that. Hope she voted for mine. Uh, anyway, give us your thoughts on anything we have talked about. What are you going to see this week? What did you think of it? Let us know if we use your comments. We'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Again, you can find us on social media. Search for Backlot Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or call and leave us your thoughts on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your recorded comments in next week's show. Be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online on social media. Search for at Alamo Spring Mo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download the Alamo Draft House app on your mobile device. Just search for Alamo Draft House in your mobile devices app store or visit the Alamo Draft House online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield. Don't forget to check out the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Season 2 is underway with a rotating lineup of hosts. Follow us online by searching for at PGTC. stands for Pop Goes the Culture. At PGTC Podcast on social media and at popgoestheculture.com. If you haven't already, subscribe so you can get all these new episodes all season long delivered directly to your device. That's going to wrap us up for this week, unless you got anything else. Hmm. Nope. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be a short show this yeah, week. There's is. nothing to talk about if we don't have a poll. Oh, yeah, that's... we stretched it out for you. Yes, we did. Uh, but that's it. That's going to wrap us up for this week. I've been Joey Mills with Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. And I'm David Mann from the Alamo Draft House. Come see a movie this week at the Alamo Draft House. Let us know what you thought of it by hitting us up on social media or on the hotline. And we will talk to you later. See ya. Keep it real, folks. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.